0: Hey everyone, it's another episode of Go Ahead Mama, it's Danielle here, and I'm solo today. I know, sad face, we miss Kate, but she'll be back, don't worry, we love Kate. Um, But what we're trying to do is give you all a little bit of a snippet into our individual minds, and what we'll be doing from time to time, just to give you something different and spice it up a bit, we will be sharing our personal stories. Consider it the Kate and Danielle Mommy Journal? Yeah, that'll work. Um, So we'll usually keep them funny and light, things that you can listen to and um, laugh with because, you know, we love to make you laugh. But also, just like motherhood, sometimes it's going to get a little deep and a little crazy. And we hope in those moments, you can relate and feel like you're not alone, or feel like you can share your own experiences with us as well. So today is probably on that side. And um, it's because it's talking about a little bit of what we talked about last time, which is self-image. And so we chatted about self-image last time, and I just wanted to take it a step further and share a story that happened with me with dealing with my little daughter and her nursery. So my entry today is about my daughter, Dowdy, and her already experiencing and noticing that she's different from her nursery mates. So here's what happened. Well, one day I was picking up Dowdy as I normally do. And her caretaker, we'll call her Julie. Yeah, let's go with Julie. So Julie welcomes me with an overly bright smile and says, I have the most hilarious story for you, Danielle. And as any parent would say, I was super excited to hear what funny things she had said. Had she kissed the bunny? Um, was there some new dance that she'd performed that, you know, I just wanted to hear what happened at nursery today? So Julie then goes on to say, well, today in our group, we've been learning about our faces and our painting self-portraits, and we showed them a mirror and let them choose a color, either pink or brown. So I'm going to just pause here and say that I cringed. As you all know, I am African-American, I am of Caribbean and Latin descent, like, I am very proud of my culture, Um, and and I celebrate it. And, and, and I want to make sure that people understand that it's not something to be afraid of. It's something to celebrate. Like, I celebrate all the different people that I know. Um, but I could already tell that despite her smile, this was going to be something that was a little bit cringeworthy, probably for both of us, but more than likely for her. So I should also preface this by saying that we're not only a Black family, but a Black American family living in a part of England where people of African descent make up of the population. No, not 3%, not 30%, 0.3%. So I say all that so you understand that I was already kind of prepared that this situation might not be handled the way I would have hoped. So anyway, so knowing that fact, I was already terrified of what hilarious, in air quotes, what this story was going to mean and how it was actually going to be funny. So I say, go ahead, Julie, let's hear the rest of this story. So what happened? She picked the brown face, right? And she says, with her smile starting to look a bit more nervous, she says, well, no, um, picked the brown color first, but then when she noticed all the other kids had picked pink, she changed her color. Isn't that funny? (laughs) No, Julie, not really. It's not funny. Um... So my silence at that point, because I didn't say anything, I'm sure my face changed, but I didn't say anything. And I think my silence told her immediately that it actually wasn't funny. Um, And even if it was something that made her uncomfortable, it probably didn't need to be portrayed as something that was so hilarious. Um, Before I could respond, though, she was eager to say, well, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. She just, she just noticed that she was different and she wanted to be like everyone else. Again, every bone in my body, every inkling of who I am as a person was breaking down because if Julie had known, she would understand that that's actually the end. That is the exact opposite of everything I could have ever wanted. Um, but in this moment, what do you do? And I was a bit shell-shocked, to be honest. For someone that's so vocal about equality and justice for all and, and celebrating differences, I didn't have the... The soapbox, I I just stood there trying to hold back tears. Tears I didn't understand, um, but tears nonetheless. So some listeners right now might resonate immediately. They might feel that feeling of sadness and confusion and rage to some extent that I had felt. Um, While others might miss it completely and say, well, maybe she just wanted to be like everyone else. I don't see the big deal. So let me explain a little bit further. In my head, in my opinion, my job as a mother is to create an environment of positivity and self-assurance for my child. Letting her out into the world is one of the scariest things that I'd ever done and probably will ever do every day for the rest of my life. Letting her go into the care of other people, into the opinions of other people, into the, the positive and negative prejudices of other people, whatever it is. It takes away that sense of control that you can help and can shape them completely. But even though I know I can't do that for the rest of her life, in these formative stages, I do get to set the standard. I do get to let her understand what is appropriate and what's not. And so while I was confused in the moment, it was less about what I was feeling and what I wanted to convey to Dowdy. It was more about how as a parent, I convey this to her caretakers. So, while my initial reaction was to snatch her and just say, you know what, I'm not sure what part of this is funny, but I'm going to show you what's funny right now, I (laughs) stepped back. I remembered that as her mother, I'm not only her advocate, I'm also her example. And as a person that is a minority in any community. You often are the representation for your entire community. And that doesn't mean that I have to behave in a certain way, but it does mean that I want to ensure that I am conveying exactly what it is I want to say in the most clear and concise way possible. And in a moment where all I could feel was sadness and confusion about what I had done and how I was going to convey race to my daughter, I just decided to step away in that moment and take her home and give her a nap and be a mom before I was her, her racial advocate. So I did go home and I thought that there would become a point where there is sometimes for me, you guys know, I like my soapbox where I would have said, okay, maybe it's not that big a deal. Maybe I would have seen what Julie was seeing and say, you know, she just wanted to be like the rest of the kids. And that moment never came for me. After I put my little 19-month-old down, I cried profusely because I felt like I had failed her. I felt like I had not given her an environment that ensured that she understood how beautiful she was, how beautiful she is. And I was confused. And I felt like, oh my gosh, how am I going to teach her this. Can I? Am I capable? All these degrees, all this work, all this talent air quotes. And I can't I haven't taught my daughter this? Well, I realized that while I'm one that always thinks there's a teachable moment, that this moment was teachable for me. Um so again, instead of reacting immediately, which is my normal go-to place, I called the nursery and I said I'd like to speak to Julie in the morning no big deal, no big issue, no need to be frightened. I just need to speak with her. So I did. And as nerve wracking as it was for me, I spoke to her about how important it was for not only me to celebrate Dowdy's beauty, but for her caretakers to do it as well. And bright and early, we had this chat in a calm tone. And I know that They have to formulate certain standards and they follow certain guidances um, here. But I said, Julie, I know that your guidances say that choice is important and children have to make their choices. And you want to encourage that in this educational environment. And that is true. And I support that completely. But in the case of a child that is unique from her peers, understanding that her choice may be influenced by just the feeling of feeling different is something that I think emotionally should be responded to as well. So we chatted a little bit more and decided that that we could have both. She would have a pink one and a brown one, one because she'd already made the pink one, but the brown one was also to give the caretaker, Julie, who in her own right had not had an experience like this before, again, understanding that 0.3% of our population is of African descent and and in her school, she's the only one. So she'd not, Julie hadn't experienced anything like this before. So it was an opportunity for both of us to learn. However, I did need to explain to her that it's not about Doughty's choice. She chose Brown. I'd be annoyed if she chose pink the first time. I'd be like, oh no, maybe we got to watch a little bit more Doc McStuffin so that we can understand that, you know, that this is also present in the world, even though we live in a community where it doesn't seem that way, um... But the reality was, is that she chose she chose the brown, and I would have hoped that as a caretaker, Julie would have understood that the right thing to do would be to celebrate Doughty's brown skin and say, "Wow, Doughty chose brown. Wow, Doughty. I understand that everyone else is choosing pink, but really, what we want you to understand is that the brown is just as amazing." and magnificent, and glorious, and wonderful as all the other kids choosing pink. And like I said, the irony is that I was listening to Another Round, which, which is one of my favorite podcasts out of ours, of course, <laughs> and I listened to their interview with White House advisor, Valerie Jarrett. And Valerie Jarrett is discussing how, as a child moving from Iran to the United States, she quickly stopped using her per- Persian language skills, which for me was mind-blowing, because I'm like, wow, that's just such an amazing language to have in your back pocket, and just because you wanted to fit in, you know, she chose not to use it. And I get it. Kids want to fit in. That's going to be a constant across race, across religion, across gender, across nationality, across every difference that we might have. But what I hope is that I can enforce a sense of individuality, even at this early age, and encourage the people around her, her friends, her teachers, her caretakers, etc., to remember that it's not always the right thing to fit in. More often than not, our differences are what make us great. So I don't know. I just, I struggled through this. I stumbled through this. It wasn't easy to talk about. It's not easy to talk about here either because it's a, it's a hard topic. People get uncomfortable when you start talking about race, but it's what I want to focus on is that it's about a child being different in her environment. And how to go about encouraging the child that you have to celebrate their differences, whether they're white, black, Asian, Hispanic, whether they're American, Portuguese, French, whatever it is that makes them different. How do we encourage our kids to feel special, to feel awesome in the things that make them unique? And how do we do that at an early age? So, Really, I'm asking for all of you to share your experiences if you've had something similar happen. Again, it doesn't necessarily have to be about the color of skin. It can be about religion, anything, anything that makes your child unique. We'd love to talk to you about it. We'd love to hear more about it. If you've had any experiences with dealing with the celebration of your children, of your child's unique qualities and how you encourage others to celebrate them with you, let us know because I'm sure that it'll be a reoccurring topic um, and it would be great to have some insight on how others have handled it. So email us at letstalkmamacita at gmail.com or send us a message via Facebook or Twitter at goheadmama and just let us know. Um, we're really all just trying to figure it out. and. We hope that you really enjoy these short little snippets of thoughts from the minds of Danielle and Kate. And like I said, some of them will be fun, some of them will be serious, but they'll always be honest. So we look forward to hearing from you guys and talk with you soon, mamas.